You're now tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, featuring Bear Report's own Usaid Kosho and fan-sided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. Second full week of the Bears offseason. All right, we broke down the season-ending press conference in a special edition Wednesday episode last week. Go check it out because it was me and AJ. Sam was not there, unfortunately, but what's going on, guys? Welcome into the Barely Hibernating Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network. As always, I get to be your host, Usaid Kosho. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Usaid Kosho. Got my left and right hand guys, Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai in the house today. You can follow them on Twitter at AJ Desai4 and at SJ Steve Nine. What's going on, guys? Ready to talk some bears? Yo, man, off season is upon us, and I'm I'm just ready to rock and roll into this 2021 season. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on, dude. This time of year, especially because like you have the playoffs going on in the NFL. Bears are obviously out, so we're not even going to discuss the playoffs. But next week, you know, you got people going literally and then also virtually to mobile alabama and i think it's always a fun time this senior bowl because there's a lot of prospects there like guys that have been you know three four year starters in college that you look at and you're like okay well this is a guy that's maybe flown under the radar this is someone that definitely you know if the bears were to get him in the mid round would go ahead and legitimately make end up being like a really good future starter or something and the bears have had some success with senior bowl prospects in the past right but sam i'll go to you on this one i mean who's one prospect that you're going to be watching in mobile uh mac jones uh i think this is an obvious one um i think mac jones had a really great uh national championship game uh against ohio state um i think a lot of people have concerns with alabama quarterbacks i mean the list of alabama quarterbacks in the nfl is not very strong um but i think mac jones going to the senior bowl is really going to help his draft capital i think it's really going to kind of display like what he can actually do when he's not surrounded by all that talent. A lot of people have Mac Jones mocked to the Bears at 20. Um, I could see Mac Jones being there at 20. I also could potentially seeing him drop to the second round. Who knows? So I think the senior bowl is going to be really big for him uh, as well. I mean, again, the Bears are going to be looking for a quarterback probably in this year's draft, uh, especially with Pace and Nagy back. If Jones is the guy, this is going to be the time for him to prove it there. And uh, I'm excited to watch him play. I think he's got a lot of upside to his game. Um, but I'm excited to kind of watch him outside of all those weapons from Bama. So Mac Jones is the guy I'm going to be taking some notes on this week, especially. Yeah, dude, Mac Jones is definitely interesting because like when you see, you know, a lot of the major NFL insiders on Twitter, right? You have some people who are like, okay, well, he is a first round pick, right? But then you also have some people who are like, okay, well, yeah, he is not, he is QB five in this class, but he's not necessarily a first round pick. He's probably going to be there on day two, right? And so that's one of those things where you look at where you're all like, okay, well, that's actually a good and bad thing for the Bears because if he is a true first round pick, you know, you're getting a guy that you're probably reaching for, but someone that has like everything necessary from, you know, in terms of like football side of things, not necessarily traits and athleticism to be able to be a decent starting NFL quarterback. Right. And I think like for bears fans at this point, I mean, we're just done trying to like swing for the fences and have like a generational type talent. Right. Obviously everyone would like that, but at this point we're just looking for like a good enough quarterback who we can win games with not necessarily win games because of but aj yeah what are your thoughts dude yeah so like for for the senior bowl up down there in mobile alabama 
I really like uh, defensive guys um, that could really uh, can uh, can defend the run. Um, so the guy that I'm looking for uh, down there in the recent senior bowl is Dalen Hayes. Um, he is the defensive end over at Notre Dame. And then uh, he only has about nine in his overall career at Notre Dame. But I really see the upside in this in, the, in this player. He's a day three pick. And like I know, I know Sam loves Mac Jones, but like I love my defensive guys, and I love dogs that can like you know ball. So um, Dalen Hayes, the guy can play in a four-three scheme or in a three-four scheme. You know he's been coached by one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football, Clark Layup. So um, you know like, this is the guy that I'm going to be looking forward to on draft get, uh, on draft day and the combine and especially this weekend in, um, in mobile Alabama, I like the Allen Hayes a lot. And, you know, if guys like Rob, Roy Robertson Harris are leaving and, you know, if he could be that guy that could be like a Bilal Nicholas in round five or round six, um, you know, Dalen Hayes could be that guy that we can pick up and run with it. Dude. Hayes is certainly one of the more interesting people, right? Because like, when I ultimately look at it, like I realize, okay, and Sam, feel free to chime in here too, but you realize like the Bears are going to lose a lot on, they can't necessarily afford to add more to the defense because the defense, the cap for the defense is jumping up to like $117 million in 2021, right? So like if they do add to the defense, it's not going to be a big free agent signing, okay? It can't really be like a veteran free agent either. It's just going to have to be someone that um, ultimately they find in the later rounds of the draft that they are going to have for the next three or four years on a super cheap contract. Yeah, and not to mention, you look at the Bears draft situation, they have a lot of picks in the day three. Um, I think with the exception of their uh, fourth round pick that they traded away to acquire Travis Gibson, they're going to have a lot of picks, both uh, just their own and compensatory picks. So to get a guy like that in day three that can kind of help build that depth of the defensive line, especially with how much money is already being spent, I think that'd be a great move by the Bears. So that would definitely be someone I'll keep an eye on as well. I like that pick. Yeah, dude, I think the only big concern I have with Hayes, right, is I think it was his 2019 season where he ended up having, like, a season-ending shoulder injury, right? And so for me, like, obviously, you want to always steer away from those draft prospects just because, you know, when you get to the NFL, it's like the game's – the players are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. And there is just that issue of like potentially re-aggravating that shoulder injury. And I think that in the context of like COVID-19, Notre Dame, you know, or, you know, you know that some college, not even Notre Dame, but just some college football games were obviously canceled this year, all that kind of stuff, right? You don't really know like how healthy that shoulder is. But like when I look at it, ultimately the Bears are going to have to add to the defensive line or the uh, and the outside linebackers group sometime over the next two off seasons, because like it is a group, like you said, AJ, we are set to lose a lot of talent. I mean, Bilal Nichols is going to go into year four in 2021, and there's a chance that we might have to let him walk at the expense of, you know, letting other, like, or shoring up, like, other needs on the roster. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, guys like Dalen Hayes, I mean, like, if you really look at his numbers, I mean, he came back for his graduate season. So, I mean, he only had 12 solo tackles and five assisted and 17 combined tackles, six tackles for a loss and three sacks. So, I mean, and one interception for 13 yards. So, he's really had uh, a slow season, but I think Notre Dame was really focused on having that shoulder heal, like you mentioned, you said, you know, and, and Notre Dame did have a COVID scare at the beginning of the season. Um 
but I think it did play a, uh, play a toll on some of the players over at Notre Dame. Um, Brandon Lensley being one of them. Braden Lensley, our wide receivers. You know, Jordan Johnson, one of our guys there too, who didn't play too much because of it. Um, but you know, you know, Dalen Hayes is that day three guy. I mean, if he does um, show out in that, in that senior bowl, I need, you know, a fifth round, a sixth round flyer just could just be equitable to go out and get him. But other than that, I mean, he's not that prospect that jumps out, but he's that prospect that could be a gem in the findings for Ryan Pace and in, on, in day three, for sure. Yeah. Imagine getting a guy like that. Excuse me. You said, um, imagine getting a guy like that in the sixth or seventh round and he ends up being like a key piece. And, you know, obviously it will go down in history as one of Pace's like gems in the late rounds. So like, it's almost kind of a blessing in disguise. Like the, his draft capital might not be as great. And you take, I think you take a gamble on a guy like that in a year like this, where a lot is on the table and there isn't a lot of money to spend. So, you know, again, like, almost him not having as great of statistic or statistic stats as it looks like. I mean, getting him like in the sixth, that would be awesome. That would be, that would be a steal in my opinion. It would be great because, you know, in 2017 and 2018, he, he had his best years, but like, you know, injuries had really, has really knocked him down. So, I mean, you know, I don't really see him going in the front um, in a day two or day one. I mean, definitely not day one. He's he's a guy at the combine. If he's invited, he's going to test bad because of injuries in the past in the last two years that he has at Notre Dame. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely going to go in that five to seven range. Um, it's just like, he's, he's not going to be able to, to like you know test well he's been hurt this year too he had I think a, a, an arm injury in addition to that so- shoulder injury too so I mean you know it's a, it's a guy that we could take a flyer on and like you mentioned Sam I mean we find our gold in day three so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it this the senior bowl is going to be really 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 exciting we'll be able to see Mac Jones guys like Forland you know all these guys are going to be playing for draft positions so it's going to be really really fun yeah, so I have Ohio State linebacker and sticking, you know, right here in the Big Ten, sticking with um, a couple day three guys that I think could be hidden gems. I have Ohio State linebacker Baron Browning. I mean, he's going to be down there. He's been someone that I've consistently like had my eye on since pretty much the pre-draft process started. I was really hoping that, uh, you know, he was because I know there are a handful of Ohio State wide receivers that straight up didn't declare on Monday or wide receivers, just a couple players that didn't declare like Chris Olave, Jeremy Rucker. Browning's one of the few that declared, right? And when I look at him, I realize like, okay, that is somebody that is a future starter. Um, He's got everything that it takes to end up being someone that is going to you know, he's got all the physicality needed to play linebacker, right? I would say, yeah, he may not essentially be like the fastest guy. He is a bit of a slow processor, but really when you look at it, like the bears are going to need linebacker depth, right? Because ultimately at the end of the day, the situation is, it's just like, we saw the drop off of not having linebacker depth. I mean, Hey, listen, we had Kevin Pierre Lewis in 2019 and it was like, okay, this is great. And if they find a way to keep Kevin Pierre Lewis around, what will end up happening is, you know, you had a good trio of Pierre Lewis, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, but it's just like as soon as Roquan, as soon as they let KPL go, I was like, this is going to be an issue because like Josh Woods did not do squat this year. All right. He should not be back on the team next year. All right. Um, Manti Teo, right. The only reason they signed him is because he was on the practice squad. Teo should never even played in any single, in any of the Bears games, right? It's just like the injury to Roquan bumped him to the active roster for the playoff game. So ultimately when I look at it, like the Bears need linebacker depth. I mean, if we look at it, like we know that the last three, four off seasons, we've had, you know, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, we had Nick Kwiatkowski, we had some really good linebackers, right? And then we have Joe E. Booneyway too, but like he's not going to be anything more than a special teamer, even though I think he has like a 
four or five 40 yard dash time or something. Right. But the point is the bears have a lot of like depth that they need to figure out. A linebacker is one of those positions. Cause you can't go into next year thinking Roquan and Danny Trevathan are going to be good enough to get the job done. Roquan's going to get the job done, but Danny Trevathan isn't. Yeah. I think that's well said. And again, um, I think one thing too, to keep a note, like Roquan has had back-to-back injuries, um, and Danny Trevathan definitely took a step down this year. I mean, he ended up playing pretty well the second half of the season, but he's a guy who's declining and he is, you know, kind of on his way out of Chicago in the next couple of years. I know he got extended in 2019, but, you know, again, like I don't see him being a long-term, you know, peak the guy like in day two or day three for the Bears. Because again, I mean, there's so much uncertainty at that position. And I mean, if you had told me at the beginning of this year that Antiteo would be starting in a football game for the Bears in a playoff game, I would have probably laughed in your face and said, that's a good one. So yeah, I think that's a good piece to keep in mind. And, and that's a guy I think could definitely be a contributor for the Bears. Yeah, um, as I'm, I'm messing with my preferences here, all my this, this is awesome, man. I love Zoom. There's like a, a whole lot of preferences here for your face and stuff, so I'm just messing around with them. And Sam's got a flower and a chain on his head, so it's really cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I I love this um, um, middle linebacker situation that we have. It's tasty, um, but it's also quite worrisome. You know, like you had mentioned, I don't really like Josh Woods. I don't. I like speedy guys on my team. The guys that can go from sideline to sideline, and the only guy that can do that for me on this Bears team is Roquan Smith. And like like you mentioned, Sam, he's had these injuries in 2019 and 2020. But I really think like this guy Roquan Smith, who's really really strong, who's really athletic, he's young. He's gonna recover from that. But outside of him. We got a slow Danny Trevathan. I don't care how improved his play is. I mean, like I think it is improved, but he is just oh my god, like that that burn. I mean, I know it's not on him, but like it, it is perceived to be on him as Marquez Valdez Scantling burned him for that touchdown. But you know, like honestly, like you know, we, we have to find out what we're gonna do with this linebacking position. Um, like if if we could spend our second round pick on like a starting linebacker. Uh, in this next drive that on, on this next um, draft, rather, it could be really cool because, you know, Kevin Pierre Lewis, that got it done for us. I mean, even one of those guys, if we kept them, could have been really cool. So, um, I mean, you know, Manti Teo, Josh Woods won't cut it for us. It's just not going to be good. And if you're going to uh, show me Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, you know, I'm, I'm just really going to look at it that we have a 4-3 defense and Roquan Smith and – Quinn and Mac are our pass rushers. You know, I'm not going to look at it in, in a way that we have a 3-4 defense. And, you know, I, I really want to talk about this whole defensive coordinator thing, too, if we have time as well. Yeah, we'll obviously get to the defensive coordinators in a bit. But first, there's a certain quarterback that wants out in Houston, right? And I think when we do look at Deshaun Watson, guys, I mean, you look at all the reports coming out. You look at the fact that they traded the guy's best friend in DeAndre Hopkins last offseason. Obviously, Bill O'Brien's been fired since, like, October or November, right? So he's no longer there. But I think there's a very real possibility that Deshaun Watson gets traded. And I know that certain people are going to be like, okay, well, when we look at the Bears, right, obviously they can't put together as attractive as of a trade package as some other teams can. You know, when you look at, like, the Dolphins, you look at, like, the Jets, for example. Even when you look at the Patriots, right, Bill Belichick has a great relationship with Easterby and Nick Caicedo. I mean, I know for a fact Bill Belichick would be able to pull something off. But then you have the Bears, and I think when we look at all the betting odds right now, you know, it's like you have the Bears, I think, are listed at, like, 4-1 to one odds for Watson or something, or, like, they've got – they're, like, listed fifth overall and something – 
in the um, odds, you know, to uh, end up land- landing Sean Watson. But, like, I got to start with you guys, and I'll start with you, AJ, on this one, is do you think, you know, um, Deshaun in Chicago next year is a legitimate possibility? I think any player to trade is a possibility. I think everyone is tradable. Um, I just think that, like, you know, this whole thing with this trade clause, Deshaun Watson just has to tell Cal McNair or whoever the GM is. I think Nick um, Cassiero is the GM there down there. Just say, like, I don't want to be here. And then, you know, he's going to be on that market. But, like, I, I do see it as a possibility. You know, I, I get guys like Lester. Um, I mean, my guy on Capman, I guess, he said that, like, you know, he's 25 years old. He has the pedigree to be your franchise quarterback for 10 to 15 years to come. And, you know, he's – Deshaun Watson is approaching my age. I'm, I'm 26. He's 25. And this guy – he is a franchise quarterback. If we don't give up like our next four, 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 four first round picks for him on draft day, which you can, you could, you could, when we're picking, you could tell them, you could put together a trade offer. Your first for this year, your first for next year, your first for the year after that, and the first after that. You can trade up to four fourths on draft day. I think this trade has the possibility of happening on draft day because you can only give up three, th- uh, three, three, uh, three firsts right now. On draft day, you can oh, you can add like a player, you can add like a future pick from twenty twenty four, which like right now you don't even know who's going to declare for the NFL draft in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. So hypothetically, you're giving away two first round picks. Of course, yeah, you're giving away capital, but you got to make anything possible to go out and get Deshaun Watson. And for me, I think it happens for the bears on draft day. I think Ryan pace puts together all his picks and it's just like, you know, Mitch didn't work out, but I'm going to give the fans what they want. I'm going to go give my four first round picks for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he has to, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else that you can do. I mean, like if you go out and get Mac Jones, great, but like, you know, this is Deshaun Watson and I, you just have to go out and get him. I mean, like, it's a possibility. And like I mentioned, it anything can happen. This is the NFL. Every Anyone and everyone is tradable. So, Sam, I'll go to you. What do you think? I do agree with you on your last point. Like, how would you – why would you take a gamble on a rookie quarterback when you can get a guy who led the league in passing on a 4-11 and team? Let me tell you something. I mean, having Deshaun Watson on this team would be an absolute A, morale booster, but I think it just gives your offense a whole different look. I just don't think it's a possibility, and there's a couple of reasons. Again, you said brought it up, the draft capital. The teams that have a lot of picks right now, Miami, um, Jacksonville, the Jets. I mean, look, I'm Jacksonville. I got the first overall pick. I obviously know Trevor Lawrence's potential to be great, but if I'm Jacksonville, like I'm t- I'm calling Houston. I'd rather have Deshaun than Trevor Lawrence, and, and obviously five years down the road, that take might be wrong, but you know what you have in Deshaun. You don't know what you have in these rookie quarterbacks. I mean, I just don't think the Bears have anything to offer them. I mean, obviously, again, yeah, you could offer your first-round picks for the next couple of years, but would you rather have pick 20 or pick three? Would you rather have pick 20 or pick one? And then it comes down to the question, like, do the Bears move a defensive player as well in that trade? Does Houston want to take on a contract like, I don't know, Khalil Mack, even an Eddie Jackson? I don't think those guys would get traded, but that's definitely a possibility. And at the end of the day, Deshaun has the one thing that no other player has ever had in this kind of situation. He has the power in the NFL. He has the no trade clause. If a, if a team like the Jets makes an offer and Deshaun doesn't want to go there, he'll say, no, I don't want to get traded there. But if Miami makes a move, Deshaun's like, yeah, I want to go to Miami. So does Deshaun want to go to Chicago? I mean, 
I think the thing is, it's like teams like Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets, they got a lot of pieces that they can build around Deshaun. I don't know if the Bears have that as well. Again, you never know with Ryan Pace. I never thought we would get a guy like Khalil Mack, but we did. And that was amazing. I mean, we all see what Khalil Mack's done for this team the past couple of years, despite, you know, no real playoff success. But I mean, you never know with Ryan Pace. And, you know, he's a guy who's trying to save his job. And if trading for Deshaun Watson saves his job and keeps him on this team, gets him an extension, I'm all for it. I would, I, I wanted Deshaun Watson in 2017. I was disappointed when we took Mitch, right? I, I'll never, I'll never blame the Bears for taking Mahomes. I will blame the Bears for taking the, for not taking the national championship Heisman winner, Deshaun Watson, right? I'll, I'll never forgive them for that. So if there's a chance to get Deshaun, I say take it. You know, if he's in any way available, the Bears need to make an offer and be aggressive. I just don't think it's a possibility, though. I think, dude, there's multiple ways to go about this, right? Because certain people are just like, oh, we'll just go ahead and trade away all your draft capital. But then people also have to understand that this is an aging roster, right? And we've seen what tends to happen when, like, teams, you know, draft poorly or have, like, a lack of draft capital. And then what ends up happening is just, like, they have the franchise quarterback there. And, yeah, they sneak into the playoffs and whatnot. And the Seahawks and the early Packers and the Packers throughout the 2010s, you know, with, like, Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson leading the way are perfect examples. It's like, all right, those guys got to the playoffs every single year but the quarterback made all the difference right and without the quarterback it was like they were not even a 500 team right so when I look at it like yo Watson here all right yeah the Bears would be in the playoffs every single year if the Bears traded for Deshaun Watson what would tend to happen is they would be instant Super Bowl contenders right because he would be that guy here in Chicago but um when you look at it it's just like you can't just talk about like look if it takes like whatever three first round picks but I'm getting 25-year-old Deshaun Watson, and it's going to ensure that for the next, whatever, 12 to 15 seasons, my team's in playoff contention and the Bears are relevant, then, yeah, I do it 110%, right? But, like, four first-round picks seems like a bit of a stretch. Like, as badly as I want Deshaun Watson here, you also have to be realistic about it, is you can only go so far without you know, not having like consistent first rounders on your roster. And I think just overall, when we look at the Bears, right, the issue isn't even the fact that the franchise, part of the issue is that the franchise can't even develop a quarterback, right? It's just like, they don't have, you know, the modern, like they don't have the modern thinking, the modern styles, the scouts, right. To be able to effectively like develop QBs, right. And to go after quarterbacks. And it's just like, it's the same thing every single time. It's like, we gave up two first round picks for Cutler. We gave up two thirds and a fourth for um Trubisky and, you know, Cutler, obviously 50% of it was just like him never having like the talent around him. The other 50% was just the fact that the dude was good enough to be a legitimate franchise quarterback. It's just the Bears were stupid and had never actually had like a real quarterback, right? I mean, when your best quarterback in franchise history is like Jim McMahon or Sid Luckman, right? It really speaks volumes to how behind you are, right? Through the times, but um, when I look at it, right? It's just like, yo, as much as I want Watson, I'm not, I'm not going to count. Khalil Mack out. I just don't see it like being a legitimate possibility. And I cannot believe this, right? You guys are sitting here playing with your Zoom backgrounds as we're recording this. And this all started after I put the picture of the camel up last week. This is your fault. Uh, you're to blame for this. Um, one thing I do want to add to that point you said, because that was a great point. Um, if you go get a guy like Deshaun, 
you're probably losing a lot of guys on defense, right? I assume you have to move some of those contracts around. You're probably also not bringing Allen Robinson back, right? I just don't see a realistic situation where you're able to pay both those guys, right? And who knows? I'm not a cap space expert. I'm not a cap space genius. So maybe there's a way you can keep both. But I think if you bring on a contract like Deshaun's, I just don't see a realistic possibility of bringing Allen Robinson back. And it, like, obviously, like to get Deshaun Watson or to keep Allen Robinson, I'd much rather have Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. I just feel like you bring a guy like Deshaun on with that contract. It's like, how many pieces on the defense are you willing to move? How much money are you willing to create? And like, are you willing to let guys like Allen Robinson move on? Again, I I think most fans would rather have Deshaun than Allen, but I obviously love A-Rob. I've loved the impact he's had on A-Rob. And to kind of your point, you said like, what's the point of bringing in Deshaun Watson if you're not going to have any weapons around him? Like are Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery enough weapons to have around Deshaun that he'll be successful? Are you able to use what little draft capital you have left in 2021 to bring weapons in? Like how much cap space do you have to go sign a bat, a replacement for Allen Robinson, right? Are you able to go get a good wide receiver or a mid-tier receiver? So there's a lot of variables that I think we don't factor in, but at the end of the day, like if we got Deshaun Watson, I would be ecstatic. That would be amazing. It would be a franchise altering move. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, trading for someone is really easy. You know, we see a lot of, a lot of trades, you know, you, um, you say mentioned Jay Cutler. We mentioned Khalil Mack earlier in the show, but here's the thing. I mean, logistics have to make sense. You trade for Deshaun Watson, I guess like the first year for his uh for his contract is fifteen million, the cap hit, but the year after is forty one. So you're telling me in twenty twenty one you're gonna part ways with three of your top um defensive players who are probably gonna be Roquan Smith, Cleo Mack, and Eddie Jackson. That just tears apart the defense. I mean, like as much as I would love to have Deshaun Watson, and of course I would trade my first round picks for it. But what does that mean for the future of the Chicago Bears? It means it's a very bleak future. So you're trying to mortgage your entire future. And if you're going to, you know, you know, spend even more money to be in cap hill like the Saints are. But now the Saints, uh, I don't want to talk about the Saints, but if you look at their situation, it's really bad. Now that Drew Brees is walking out, I think it was a whole orchestrated plan that he walks out and they keep most of the roster. But anyways, going back to the – going back to the Bears, if you want to mortgage your future like that, fine, go do it. But you know how long you're going to have to wait um, post-COVID to get all that money back? Because, like, pre-COVID, man, you know, salary cap was just going up like an exponential curve. But, like, this thing happened, right? Um, Our cap took a hit by more than $40 million. And the number that was projected that we were going to have this this offseason, we're going to have that number in 2023 now. Logistics have to make sense. I mean, of course, I was just trying to spitball the idea of four first-round picks of, of adding three and on draft day you get to add a four because you can you can trade up to four first-round picks on draft day and three when it's not on draft day. But you know, if they if the Bears give up three first-round picks and they get Deshaun Watson, just three first-round picks and they get Deshaun Watson, great. But I'd be ecstatic, just like Sam said. But I don't think the Bears are gonna they don't have the cojones to pull that off. And especially with the ownership um, there and with Ted Phillips there and with the finances not working out. I mean, like, yeah, like I mentioned with the first team, with the, with the first year, you can afford $15 million. But what about affording $41 million? So, I mean, I get it, Sam. I mean, it's a one to uh, a thousand to one odds possibility that Deshaun Watson is a Chicago Bear. I would love it. But if 
if, hey, if Trey, if Trey Lance is down there at 20, and if you have to move up a couple of spots to get Trey Lance at 15 or 16, go get him. I mean, or Mac Jones. I mean, you know, there's there's going to be options for the Chicago Bears. Whether it's trade for Deshaun Watson and piss fans off about the future draft capital, or if it's Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I mean, I think that's the um, those are the options that we have, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Um, I, would, I would buy a Deshaun Watson jersey in a heartbeat. In a oh, heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. In I, a would, heartbeat. I would run to the store. But with the mask, double mask, I'm like, let's go, let's get it. I would buy that jersey so quick. I mean, they would make so much money. It would be so much money. Of course, but it's just it's just not going to happen. I mean, I would love to happen. I was just spitballing the idea. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, we had a chance to draft him back in 2017. It's just It just didn't work out. I guess our okay. scout team was on, was, was on drugs or was doing something in the draft room. And they one one collapsed, I guess, and they picked Mitch Trubisky. But like, you go gotta ahead. be on something more than drugs, dude, to uh, <laughs> pick, you know, Trubisky over Watson. I mean, to this day, to this day, dude, when they picked Trubisky, I was like, oh my god! And obviously, the fan in me was like, okay, listen, right? Because there's two ways I approach everything. It's like the fan in me was like. Yo, let's go. We're taking a chance on a quarterback like a new era is here. The analyst in me was just like, this is a move that's either going to work or it's going to completely like ruin your futures down the road. And what happened is, well, it ruined the Bears' future, right? That's ultimately what happened. But another thing I want to point out, AJ, because you mentioned like Trey Lance or Mac Jones at 20th overall. I think like people have to understand something is that like if you get a guy like a Watson or a Dak Prescott, right? Then what happens is you have the answer at the quarterback position, right? Whereas with Trey Lance or Mac Jones or any of these other guys, you are hoping you have the answer. And there's a big difference there because with the the rookie, it's going to take like two to three years for him to properly develop, right? Whereas with the, um, you know, with a guy like Watson or Dak Prescott, they're just going to step in day one and like start immediately. I mean, let me, let me just say something before Sam goes. Um, you know, there are other options out there. If Deshaun Watson's not available, you know, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people that love Doc Prescott. I mean, you know, he's a free agent. I mean, you know, if he doesn't want to re-sign with the Dallas Cowboys, then – you know, I mean, I don't think that's uh, I, I think that's going to happen. It's going uh, like Doc Prescott is going to resign with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, I mean, if, if for any reason he doesn't, you have um, an option between those three quarterbacks. But if Matt Stafford is available, you know, and if he if he's not going to require that much draft capital to trade for from Detroit, I'd get Max uh, um, Matthew Stafford here in a heartbeat. That man can sling the ball, man. I would I wouldn't be too mad with Matt Stafford. I would be shocked if uh, the Lions sent Stafford to a, a conference opponent. Um, but, you know, I do agree with you. Like, there's definitely a lot of guys who could be on the table. I mean, a Matt Ryan could be on the move this year, depending on what the Falcons right. want to do. Um, a Derek Carr, potentially. I mean, there's plenty of options for the Bears. Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they're not great, but they're options. And I think regardless, whatever the Bears do at quarterback this year, they need to draft somebody, whether it's in the first round, the sixth round, the fifth round, whatever it is. I would love for them to bring in a rookie quarterback because there's so many like it's so silly to think that they shouldn't that the Bears have drafted one quarterback in Pace's tenure with the Bears. It is the most important position in football. You need to do your due diligence on it every single year, even if you're a team that's set at quarterback. Right. I mean, I think the Buffalo Bills drafted a quarterback this year or last year. I don't remember when it was. I think they drafted a quarterback. Am I correct on that? Like in the fourth or fifth round, Josh Allen's their long-term guy, but you do your due diligence at quarterback. 
You always need to be looking. You always need to be observing. You always need to figure out, can we find the guy in the draft? If you don't, there's no harm in paying a guy on a sixth round deal to be on your practice squad or be your third string. So whatever the Bears do, I hope they draft a quarterback, whatever it is. Um, obviously, as the offseason officially starts and the Super Bowl's over and stuff, we'll see if the Bears do make any moves. But regardless, they need to draft a quarterback at some round this year. And, you know, I think whether it's the first or the sixth, I'm hoping they bring in somebody. And, and, and outside of those – and outside Deshaun Watson, we talked about that a little bit. All these other options that you listed there, Sam, are economical to get. So if the Bears don't end up with one of these quarterbacks – it's a failure, you know? If you don't end up with one of these quarterbacks, like if it's Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or if it's in the trade market, guys like Derek Carr, guys like Carson Wentz, I mean, like, okay, fine. If we take out take out Doc Prescott out of that list, right? All right, you got Carson Wentz. You got, um, I don't know, Matt Ryan, like you mentioned. If Sam you, Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold. If you can't end up with any one of these guys and you're like, well, the Bears tried to trade for these guys and it wasn't enough, it's an entire failure, you know? I mean, like, right now, the Bears are, um, like, res- uh, like have a recipe for failure for 2021 because of what's going on in these press conferences and and whoever the ownership has to go get um, pointers from from any other sports team, I guess, uh, and collaborate with them and make the decisions on your own top of Bears <laughs> sports team uh, or whatever it is. You know, if the Bears, again, I'm going to say it for the third time, if the Bears cannot fix this quarterback issue, and it's the answer is not Nick Foles, ladies and gentlemen. He's not the answer. He's a backup at best. All right. Mans has got to have everything perfect around him. All right. He's your backup. All right. The Bears have to bring in a list. Uh, I'll list one of these five quarterbacks. I'll list them all Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Okay. Those are two. If you bring in Derek Carr, great. If you bring in Carson Wentz, great. And if you bring in Matt Ryan, Great. If the Bears do not get one of those five quarterbacks to pair with Nick Foles in the quarterback room, it's considered a failure. You know, I mean, like if they get Deshaun Watson or Doc Prescott, great, but you're not going to get those two. You know, that's just assuming you're not going to go get those two. If you don't get the five that I listed, I'm going to go to Hallis Hall and just start striking for a fire for Ryan Pace, man, because this is just it's ridiculous, man. Like you we, we got someone up, I think, 200 miles north of us who's had three quarterbacks in 35 years. That's Lambeau. That's Green Bay. So why can't we do it? Bills fixed their quarterback issue. Baltimore Ravens fixed their quarterback issue within years from moving from Joe, Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. Arizona Cardinals, who drafted Josh Rosen in the first round, ran it back two years later, got the first overall pick, and got Kyler Murray. So you can't tell me this is not a possibility to fix this quarterback room. The Dude, Bears it is six have been fucking around with this shit, man. Like, what are we doing? Dude, it is a possibility, but I think people also have to understand is that it's not just with, you know, Pace and Nagy. It's just like the organization. And I touched, on this, just- I touched on this earlier. I'll bring it back again. The Bears waste resources right it's just like yo for the longest time people didn't realize we were paying chase daniels like 10 million dollars over a two-year period to essentially be another quarterback coach and this the last what three years is it we paid what's the the dude who holds the clipboard tyler bray yeah we've paid we yo we've 
pay Tyler Bray to just stand there and hold a freaking clipboard. Like, what confuses the hell out of me is why don't you bring in one of these undrafted guys? Because they have, like, Taylor Heineke in for a workout, you know? Like, why don't you bring one of these guys in and then have them hold the clipboard? So, at least there you have, like, a young developmental option that you can groom. The Bears don't do that, dude. You know, guys like Taylor Heine, I think I think Sam mentioned it last week. This guy, he comes in, he doesn't play a first. Um, I think he may have played some NFL games, right? But the guy is, like, making plays that Trubisky can't. Plus the confidence, man. Yeah, and it's confidence. It's the ability to go out there and make plays that I got nothing to lose, you know? It's the ability that, like, I'm playing for a contract for a different team next year. Like, I don't know if Trubisky can't understand that. Like, okay, if I play better, then I get more money. If I if I suck, then I get less money. You know, that that's how the real world works. But, like, you know, like these guys, like, the, I don't know, John Wolford is out there just running around people. You know, he helped us out, get us into the playoffs, right? Why can't Trubisky do that? You know, wh- why does he have to play scared? Like, why, why, why is the Chicago Bears like this, man? Like, <laughs> Oh, fuck, man, we're so garbage, bro. Like, why are we like this, man? Like, holy shit. Like, wow, okay. All right. Anyway, speaking of – yeah, anyway, speaking back. of Bears quarterbacks, right, and then there's my awesome camel background. I hope you guys can see the full camel. Um, you can see my halo. Yeah, I can see your hair, dude. It's good hair. Don't worry. But my no, no, the halo, the halo. It's uh, like the, no, no, I can't actually. Damn it. Don't worry. Don't be so conscious about your hair. You can go fix it after this. But oh, yeah, anyways, guys, moving on from the quarterback situation, you know, which is once again for like the second or third straight, you're going to determine what the Bears decide to do. But uh, when I look at it, uh, the Bears have like what they've interviewed. So three guys that we know externally for the defensive coordinator opening. That's Jonathan Gannon, who's with the Colts. He's like a DB's coach. George Edwards, who's I think was consultant with the Dallas Cowboys, was with the um Minnesota Vikings, I think, as a defensive coordinator from 2014 and 2019. And then James Betcher. And obviously, we have Sean Desai, who's related to AJ in some way, shape, or form, and Jay yeah. Rogers, that are internal candidates could, that could be promoted. Now, for me personally, I'll go first on this one. I think it just makes more sense to promote a guy like Desai or Jay Rogers because those are two players, right? Like, Rogers has been here since the Fangio days. Sean Desai has been here since the Trustman days, I believe, right? So those are two guys that you look at and you're like, okay, they've seen the entire, like, they've seen the way that the Bears are, the rise and fall. They've seen them be built firsthand, right? Whereas if you go with a guy like Gannon or Edwards or James Betcher, you're essentially hitting the reset button. Yeah, I mean, I think on the one hand, you bring in somebody new. Um, you obviously bring in probably potentially a new coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I do like the James Besher uh, in your, you know, discussion. Um, I think what he did in Arizona was pretty impressive. He's an aggressive defensive coordinator. Um, his time with the Giants wasn't great, but um, and I'm not an expert on the Giants roster, but I don't believe they had a very strong roster in 2018 and 2019 when he was there. No, you said you're confirming that for me. Thank you. Um, but, you know, I, I'm also a fan of bringing somebody up internally. I, I, I think for the most part, these Bears have had a solid internal core on the defensive side of things. I mean, look at the development on the defensive line, a guy like Bilal Nichols. I mean, he has absolutely stepped up into a huge role, and I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching. So, I think the Bears are in an interesting situation because it's either do you bring the, you know, you bring the gang back together and maybe, you know, find some guys to promote within, or do you bring in an entirely new defensive staff and maybe try to bring in new guys? You know, I think a guy like Butcher, like, you know, you give him the weapons that you have on the Bears, like that could be kind of fun to watch, but at the same time, losing a guy like Jay Rogers would be a disappointment. He was great this year and really helped out develop guys like Bilal Nichols and Roy Robertson Harris. So I'm kind of on the fence between it. 
um, because you never know what you're going to get with Jay Rogers taking up a bigger role, but losing him would also be pretty disappointing. So I'm like 50, 50. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'll tell you how I feel about James Patcher. I think he would be a great hire. I mean, nothing against Sean Desai, my distant step uncle. Um, you know, it'll be really cool to see him as a defensive coordinator. I've been waiting for this really at, for a really long time if he becomes a defensive coordinator in this league you know he started his career at Tulane and he worked his way up as a graduate a graduate assistant you know it'd be really cool and um, worked in college at the front office as an um, as an assistant AD back in the day at BC so uh and made his transition into the NFL so you know it'll be really cool to see him as a defensive coordinator but you know, I like the idea of changing things. You know, I love the idea of adapting a new a new style of defensive coordinator. I think a guy like James Betcher could be that bad. You know, the idea of James Be- uh, James Betcher um, reckons from that defense he had um, in Arizona from 2015 to 2017. Remember that game back uh, way way back when I think Arizona destroyed the Green Bay Packers 38 to eight where Aaron Rodgers was sacked seven times. Um, Like Arizona had a amazing team in 2015 and 2016 um, uh, anchored by that defense. They had Tyron Matthew. They had guys like Calais Campbell. They had guys like Boris Rucker um, and all those guys. So, I mean, like this, this guy, James Betcher, um, you know, Sam mentioned it perfectly. He didn't have that talents under Ben McAdoo. I think it was, it was his head, head coach there. Or Pat Schirmer. So I, I didn't think he had that talent under uh, uh, there in um, uh, New York. He had that talent in Arizona. So, I mean, like, you know, nothing against, again, Sean Desai or Jay Rogers. I think you guys, you could keep them on. I don't think Sean Desai is ready to make the jump from a safeties coach to a defensive coordinator. I think that he could be just remain a safeties coach. And um, if Jay Rogers does join um, Staley staff in L.A., I think it is, then, I mean, I guess you have to. I mean, but if he's just going to join him, he's just going to be the defensive line coach or assistant defensive coordinator, right? I mean, he's not going to begin that step up. And even if it is a step up, it's probably just a little bit. So, I mean, like if he stays in Chicago for an extra year under James Betcher and Sean Desai stays there too, that's fine. But then again, I'm open to the idea of like the new defensive coordinator bringing in his, bringing in his own guys, like guys that he had in Arizona, guys that he had in Indianapolis before he was hired in Arizona. Arizona back in 2013 as an outside linebackers coach. So, I mean, I I would definitely welcome James Batcher as the defensive coordinator. I mean, I think he can bring the fire. I think like his his scheme that he runs, he runs a nice little hybrid of uh, 4-3 formation. Um which could switch in from like a 3-3-4 three, three, or 4-3. So, um Batcher is uh specialized. I'm reading right off this internet right here. Um he excels in the 3-4 hybrid. Um, which if he has a pass rusher like Calais Campbell, a type of guy, and I think like a guy like Calais, um, Bilal, Bilal Nichols could um, could fill that role for James Betcher. So, I mean, I would definitely take James Betcher as our defense coordinator for this, for this Bears team. I think the fire comes back from 2018. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, I, you know, another big thing I want to note is I think like James Betcher was obviously like you kind of mentioned, AJ was at the top of – 
his game, right, when he was calling those games in Arizona. Because, like, he got to Arizona, I think, with Bruce Arians in 2013. I think people forget, dude, that was a team that for three – from 2013 to 2017, right, like with Bruce Arians, that was a team that had a chance at the Super Bowl every single year. Just unfortunately what happened is their quarterback, Carson Palmer, got hurt. But other than that, you know, Betcher is the type of guy where it's like if you're looking to – the Bears are in a situation, right, where they have to maximize talent, the talent that they have, and win now. And there's no – Nobody better to better equipped to do that than I would say, um, you know, James Betcher. Because when I look at a lot of these other guys, like yeah, George George Edwards, right, was a defensive coordinator for the Vikings. But then like Mike Zimmer was the one calling the plays, right? John Gannon, I mean, the guy is a um, like a DBs coach, right? Do we really want to go that route? Because if we are going to go that route for someone that again is from the Mike Zimmer tree, then it might just make sense to go ahead and promote Sean Desai, right? Or Jay Rogers. So I think if I had to power rank these guys right now, I would go James Betcher and then uh, Jay Rogers, obviously. Betcher or Jay Rogers? Because again, Jay Rogers has seen um, this whole thing been built like firsthand. Yeah, I mean, I, I think again, it's it's kind of nice to see the Bears looking at other candidates. Um, it would be cool to be able to keep Rogers around, but I do think he is ready for a DC role. Um, whether he joins Staley staff or not, who knows? Um, but you know, I, I just think anyone's better than Chuck Pagano at this point um, and nothing against Pagano, but I just don't think he did this defense justice. Um, and I think bringing in somebody new might bring in some serious changes, but maybe promoting within is also healthy for the Bears. So either way, I'm excited to see who they end up picking. I'm excited to see what the staff shapes up to look like, um, because, again, I, I want to see this Bears defense return to the top. Uh, real quick, though. Arizona was the third uh, third scoring defense in the league um, in 2015 um, when James Fletcher was their coordinator. So the only two defenses ahead of them that year, obviously Denver, um, best defense in the league. And then I think it was the – Seattle. So, yeah, I mean – Give me James Betcher. I mean, I have nothing against uh, uh, Jay Rogers, but the man's going to be a defensive coordinator in L.A., um, which I, I I don't really necessarily agree with what L.A.'s doing there. Uh, I mean, you're going to hire a defensive coordinator with a guy like Justin Herbert. Oh, my God. But anyways, James Betcher, man, I would love that guy in blue and orange. So, all right, let's get into our final segment here, right? What we have is one veteran player that the Bears are going to have to cut this offseason. Now, I have an article coming out tomorrow on the Bear Report, right, talking about how the Bears should or shouldn't cut a guy like Charles Leno Jr. That entire situation's up in the air. I'm going to go ahead and say that they keep Charles Leno Jr., but if I am cutting someone, right, obviously the one guy that I'm going to go ahead and cut and cut ASAP is Bobby Massey because, like, we have options now at right tackle, right? Like, Alex Bars can play. We might as well just bring Jermaine Effetti did not play that terrible down the stretch at right tackle. He was just horrendous at right guard, by the way. But I would go with, like, you know, so I would kick out like Ifedi or um, Alex Suarez out to right tackle and just move on from Bobby Massey because the Bears can save like eight or nine million dollars cutting him, and that's eight or nine million dollars that they are really gonna need. Sam, I'll go to you on this one. Yeah, um, I mean Bobby Massey was my number one there, but if I had to pick another person, I'd probably go Jimmy Graham. Um, I think Graham filled his role this year as both a red zone threat and a mentor to Cole Komet. I think Komet is ready to take the next step as the Bears tight end. Um, Cutting Graham, I believe, would save about $7 million in cap space. 
Um, and I'd like to see the Bears bring in somebody else maybe as the backup tight end, maybe promote somebody from within or, you know, look for maybe as a late round guy in the draft. I'm not against the Bears drafting another tight end. I know that was the mock of the Bears this year is having 11 tight ends in the roster, but I am not against the Bears drafting a tight end on day three, uh, maybe in the fifth or sixth round. Um, but I think Graham's contract is just too much for, you know, I, I obviously understand he had about nine touchdowns overall, but other than that, I mean, he wasn't a huge factor in this offense. Komet overtook his snaps, and he's aging. He's declining in his production, and he served his purpose well, but I think it's time for let Komet take the next step this year in this offense. Yeah, so the guy that I want to cut for the Chicago Bears, um, uh, fans are going to hate me for this, but we got to do it just for a, uh, a, uh, a financial group of things because of COVID and all that, Akeem Hicks, man. It, it's going to be sad. It's going to be a sad day in hell when Akeem Hicks is leaving the Chicago Bears organization. I think it makes the most sense. I mean, I'm playing with the overcap right now. He saves $9 million on the cap. And right now the Bears, they need money. So, I mean, it's not like they need it, but, like, you know, they need to get out of the cap. Hell situation right now they're at $8.5 million per, uh, per over the cap. So, I mean, if they cut Akeem Hicks, um, his dead cap is only a $1.5 million. Um, with this cap charge being uh, ten and a half million, so no, sorry, sorry, other way around. Cap charges um, one and a half, and his savings are ten and a half. So save nine million. So um, I agree with both of your cuts. If we add um, Jimmy Graham and Bobby Massey to it to make some money, to make some room in the cap, but like I think Akeem Hicks is on the roller coaster decline a little bit, and we got we have a guy like um, Bilal Nichols who could take his spot easily. Uh, Guy's younger. He can get better push. Um, he could play stand-up, and he could play that the uh, the three-four role. So that's going to be cool to see. Uh, obviously, Eddie Goldman's going to be back, and Brett Urban is going to be back. So, I mean, it could just make sense that Keem Hicks is not going to be on this team next year, just for um, financial reasons. Yeah, I think I could see Akeem getting traded, too. Yeah. Um, if not cut traded, um, he's got some trade value. I'm sure a contending team would want him. And, you know, I, I love Akeem. Akeem is a fan favorite of mine, but I, I do agree with you. I mean, it could just be a move based on financial reasons alone. Man, did I tell you about the fa- Did I tell you about the time that I was at the training camp in 2017 and I threw a ball out of kids football head? And I mean, I meant to throw it at um Akeem Hicks and Akeem Hicks and I said sorry to Akeem Hicks and then Akeem Hicks yelled at me and he was like you oh, know don't say sorry to me man say sorry to that mother's kid she's furious over there so the ball went overneath the Bears camper and he went underneath it and he signed it for me it's in here if I can find it I'll post a picture on Twitter man but like I love that man I love I love big man Hicks man dude know, Akeem but... is like a freaking teddy he's like a giant teddy oh, bear man. is what he is bro uh, he's a sad man in hell when he's gone man yeah, well, he's like a fan favorite, dude, because the yeah. dude never gets enough credit for anything that goes on here, right? Um, but, yeah, ultimately, when I look at it, like, I love Akeem. I have his jersey, okay? He's actually one of the first jerseys that I brought. I would hate to see him go. But, ultimately, like, at the end of the day, you know, Sam, I, mean, I think you mentioned the trade possibility, right? So, like, if Calais Campbell could go for, like, what, I think it was, like, a fourth and fifth round pick. Yeah. the Yeah, a fifth rounder, right? Chicago could definitely get, like, a fifth rounder for Akeem Hicks, which I would be totally fine with because, again, it's just, like, on one hand, it's more draft capital that we're just going to be giving away to trade up for a quarterback. But then, like, you know, you need to get the money off your books, right? And I've been saying this for the last two off seasons, essentially, is that they're going to have to make a decision on Akeem Hicks at some point. I mean, the only other realistic option to keep him here in Chicago would be to 
give him a new contract, but then you're backloading that deal and you're just borrowing from future resources again, which this team, like theoretically, they cannot afford to borrow from resources for things like aging vets and stuff for like to pay them. They can't do it for like the 2022, 23, 23 or 2024 off seasons, you know? So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be one of those situations, right? Where it's like, yeah, it's going to suck to see Akeem go. But then again, it's just like, yo, if we let Akeem go, and I think this could be the move, right? What are your guys' thoughts? But let Akeem Hicks go, but then you bring back Roy Robertson Harris, right? And then you have Bilal Nichols because you're getting back Eddie Goldman next year anyway. Yeah, I mean, if Roy Robertson Harris is too expensive, I, I like the guy. He's a great player on the defensive line. When he got hurt, like, uh, you definitely notice it. I think he's going to go get his bag this year, but if he's a guy that they're able to bring back on a decent contract, not too expensive, I'm okay with moving to Keem if you get a guy like Roy Robson Harris back for 100%. And if he knows, and if he knows that it's Keem's last year and he, and he guarantees the number of snaps for Roy Robson Harris and guys like Bilal Nichols, of course he's going to stay. I mean, like that. I don't know if that tweet or Instagram story is true about him leaving Chicago with his wife or something that was pictured, I think. But, like, you know, I, I also love uh, Roy Robertson Harris, too. It was a good um, UFA find, um, and we signed him to a, uh, a tender. And right now he's a uh, he's going to be a free agent. He's set to be a free agent. I mean, I, I can see a deal being made, like, uh, two years, six million, you know. Um, guarantee it, like, guarantee him, like, two and a half million and have him play for three and a half million over two years, you know. Something that we could, you know, uh, make us feel better about if Akeem Hicks is traded or cut. I don't think it's going to be cut. I think it's going to be found as value as on the trade market. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in the offseason. Yeah, it definitely is, you know. Um, so it's a lot, you know, like I said, guys, we got a lot going on here over at the Barely Hibernating Podcast. Before we get out of here, make sure you're following all the podcast social media handles, guys. Promote the podcast amongst your family, your friends. I don't know, your neighbor that's like a freaking Detroit Lions fan who shouldn't be a Detroit Lions fan should be a Bears fan because you're living in Illinois. But follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Barely underscore pod. Follow me on Twitter at Usaid Kosha. Follow AJ on Twitter at AJ Decide 4 And follow Sam on Twitter at SJSteve9. We're going to be back next week, guys. Quick announcement. Uh, we all got senior bro credentials. I know I got the virtual ones. Sam got the virtual ones too. AJ, did you get the credentials or not, dude? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna sign up and see if I can get them. Yes, AJ's getting credentials too. We're not going to be in Mobile, you know, but we will have like nonstop coverage for you guys, which is just going to include like prospect interviews, etc., that sort of stuff. So be sure to check that out. But other than that, guys, thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next week when hopefully the Bears have traded for Deshaun Watson. <laughs>